0: okay welcome back to the golf preview podcast on rj bell's dream preview my name is will doctor alongside james ledbetter and it is arnold palmer invitational week at bay hill before we get started you can follow me on twitter at drmedia media 59 and on instagram at king doctor one you can follow led on twitter at james ledbetter and on instagram at james led led great week ahead of us with the top five players in the world golf rankings all competing at bay hill this week with John Rahm and Rory McIlroy leading the way as far as the favorites are concerned. Led, how was last week? Let's get right into it.
1: Oh, last week. Last week was a tough one, you know. Shout out to Sepp Straka on winning his first PGA Tour event. Um, Even though he sounds like he's from the Deep deep South, you know, he's a Georgia boy. uh, He is technically the first Austrian to win on tour, so congratulations. Um, If we look at a couple of the guys, Lowry finished one shot back, Daniel Berger, or DB straight choking. Uh, he finished three shots back at seven under par. Will, I was shocked to see him give up that lead. What was he? He had a five-shot lead to start the day and was down one through six holes. So that uh, that wasn't exactly the start he was looking for.
0: Yeah, he started four over through six. And, uh, you know, he was certainly cruising through three rounds. Luckily, you know, I didn't have much stress on uh, my ticket that I had on burger item top 20 at minus 110 um so I really wasn't nervous even when he was you know four through six but yeah brutal finish you know we heard all day that if Berger won he was going to take his uh, you know he lives down the street from PGA National he was going to take his uh boat on a little booze cruise on Monday by that 18th hole to celebrate and uh, unfortunately he didn't get it done he you know had a he still had a chance regardless of being four through six had a chance on the back nine and man, it started raining on what 17 or 18. And then he just wiped that three wood left on 18. So a uh, tough yeah. week for Berger, but, um, you know, definitely some progress as far as the FedEx cup ranking points are concerned, considering that, you know, he's been hurt for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It
1: was a bit of a wet t-shirt contest or subtracted there on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought he was going to pull a little Higgs, you know, take the shirt off or something.
1: <laughs> One of the few reasons, I guess that we don't really want to see those, uh, AK TVs coming out too soon, but, uh, in terms of last week, we did think, you know, it would be a tricky week, a lot of carnage out there because of the, the weaker field, extremely difficult golf course, extremely difficult finish for Sepp to go three under the last five there. I mean, that's like, I saw like a quote from Lowry. Lowry was like, kind of sounded like he got it stolen from him, like he got the win stolen from I him. Saw it, I saw that. He was a little that. salty, yeah. a little salty, with that finish. Thank God we had Adam Spenson uh, top 40 and top 20 sprinkled to uh, steady the ship a little bit. But overall, not too much to get excited about from a betting standpoint. I had Westwood and Blubber top 20s and they finished uh, 26th and I think 35th respectively. So some close calls there would have made the week a little bit better. But, uh, you know, after a good week at Genesis and a rough week at Honda, let's get ready for the API Arnold Palmer Invitational and the studs are back in Orlando this week. It's funny. We didn't get any studs where they all live in uh, in Jupiter, but they are all uh, took the drive up 75 to, uh, to Dr. Phillips' area there. Um, I love this tournament. I've been coming here since I was a little kid. I remember when I was, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 years old, something like that, and just pounding those Arnold Palmers. I think I had like eight in one day, and I'm still coming down from – from I mean, what are those 50 grams of sugar per, per yeah, can? to yeah. take down eight of those. Uh surprised you didn't have to, you know, go to the emergency room after that. But yeah, the when, Arnold
0: Palmer, the Arnold Palmer's at at Bay Hill, the comparison with that is like a Gatorade in a can. I mean, they're just made different. I don't know if they make them on site or what the deal is, but um, yeah, simply amazing there, Lud. That that is a great comp. I love
1: that. Um, but Will, I'm sad, you know, because we got the kind of not too breaking news now, but when you guys are going to be listening to this probably be, you know, a day after Bryson DeChambeau will not be teeing it up. He is injured or hurt or both. Um, I was really looking forward to that sixth hole, that par five where he, you know, tries to drive the green. Some of the times that that was one of the most fun parts of the season last year, just watching him tee off. It was like, uh, you know, everybody was trying to get to that tee box to watch him play there. <laughs> yeah. The- no-
0: no doubt, uh, it's 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 tough to see the uh, the defending champion not back. You know, we had a defending champion um, a couple of weeks ago at the uh, at Pebble Beach and Daniel Berger uh, not go back there to defend his championship. But tough news with Bryson. Um, you know, from a betting perspective, how does this affect uh, futures? How does it affect the rest of the season for Bryson? I'm pretty worried about um, you know the injuries. He noted that it was the wrist, but I don't see, you know, when you look back over the years of players who've struggled with hip and back injury, I think that's pretty scary for Bryson. Um, especially, you know, with his workout regimen, we know the last player who had an insane workout regimen and tiger, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, the criticism he got for all that. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how, how Bryson, you know, recovers here over the next couple of months also led, you know, one more thing, a little interesting how this all comes at the same time with all the, uh, the Saudi golf league news, you know, it's, it's yet to be determined um, if he was going to participate in that before all the Phil, you know, madness broke down.
1: Yeah, that is interesting time. I didn't really even think about that. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I know he obviously had been missing some tournaments for injury. Um, the fact that he didn't want to go out there at not a hundred percent, I can kind of understand, you know, couple more weeks here will give him to rest if he's missing majors uh i think then that's time to hit the panic button in terms of you know a lot of people thought okay if he starts really ramping up these workouts that could potentially be a concern down the road and you know a, a year a year and a half into this process for him to be playing in probably what a half the events that he should have played already this year didn't he already miss a tournament uh didn't he already miss a saudi event
0: yeah During yeah injury? or he yeah. went through
1: there and now uh Back-to-back withdrawals on the PJ Tour is not a great look. But you know, getting to the tournament, we have this week. Uh, like we said, the studs are back. Five of the top ten in the world teamed up. I think Honda had zero guys in the top ten playing. Uh, so, uh, you know, two guys in the, the top
0: world... twenty-five there. The only two guys yeah. in the top twenty-five teed up last brutal, week. Brutal, brutal.
1: But this week we have uh, world number one John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Victor Hobland, and Hideki Matsuyama to name a few. This is actually John Rom's first time playing the event. Sort of surprising, given this is uh, definitely one of the bigger uh, invitationals. uh, You know, on the schedule, Uh, only 120 guys in the field this week.
0: Yeah, it's something to look out there. Uh, You know, when you look at guys who are maybe still in their uh, early 20s to late 20s, a lot of these guys like Rom, who haven't played the Invitational. uh, You know, may have played the Arnold Palmer Cup back in their amateur days. It's Europe versus. Uh, the USA, you know, Ron was a part of two of those teams. So especially with the international players that haven't made their way over here yet or haven't yet qualified, that's uh, that's a good little piece of information to look into whether they've, you know, played the Arnold Palmer Cup, how they did. The U.S. has been pretty dominant in that event over the years, but it's, it's something interesting to look at.
1: And, Will, as we get into the Florida swing and get into these different golf courses, we're going to be playing obviously all over Florida, it's starting to stand out how – You know the Florida swing among all the swings on tour is definitely one of the tougher ones, wouldn't you say? In terms of when you think of Honda Classic, you think of this week, you think of Innisbrook. I mean, I I'm pretty sure they've had single digits win there. You think of Sawgrass. I mean, does it stand out in your mind as probably the toughest stretch of golf these guys are facing?
0: It absolutely is, and I know it's uh, you know these four or five courses that they go around on the on on the Florida swing are courses that uh, you know you and I have a bunch of experience on from high school, and I think. Uh, I, have definitely been aware of it since I, I, you know, I played them events at Innisbrook, um, events at PGA national. They're the toughest courses on tour by far, whether it's, you know, Valspar when they get the rough way up and there's water left and right. Um, this is definitely the toughest stretch, uh, on the PGA tour, no doubt. Yeah. And I think
1: that paired with the fact that it's Bermuda grass, probably the toughest to put yeah. on as well. Uh, and then, like you said, the rough is probably the most penalizing. That's probably all kind of tied in. And even just from a court design standpoint, Florida is not exactly known for a lot of trees or undulations. So yeah. they're pumping water hazards, you know, some man-made, some natural,
0: whenever they can. I think that kind of leads into that. And we're, we're going to see, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we saw at the Honda Classic, we're 10 under one. Uh, we're going to see the scores drop in comparison to the first 40% of the season. Uh, that was in Hawaii and California, Arizona, where you know, we were seeing scoring records being broken. Players getting under twenty under. Um, you know, we hit the first stop last week at ten under. Um, I'm not sure what you're thinking for for the score this week. We'll get there at the end of the pod, but definitely for Bar. I mean, no one's shooting twenty five under in Brook. Um, but you know, that that's another you know testament to just how hard this this swing is. For sure. Okay, and
1: let's get into the golf course. This week, we are playing at the Bay Hill Club and Lodge. They've actually been coming here since 1979. It is a 7,466-yard par 72 that plays every single inch of that. Yes, there are a couple dog legs where you can take it over the corner like Bryson did last year in route to his victory, but for the most part, you're going to see a lot more mid to long irons than you'll see really any other week on the PGA Tour. In terms of grasses, uh, it is Bermuda from Tita to green. Um, A couple of the things that stand out about it, the golf course, three of the four par threes play over 200 yards. So definitely some of the most difficult on tour. The course does have four reachable par fives that the longer players should be able to take advantage of. Between those long par threes and reachable par fives, you know, there's going to be a lot of important, you know, mid to long irons. So we'll definitely be looking at some of the stats of guys, you know, who thrive, you know, 175 and up and 200 yards and up approach in terms of the course layout. Well, you've played it before, not much to write home about. Obviously we have the 18th, which is a signature hole. Uh, but, you know, really other than that, I mean, just to kind of your, your straightforward board, uh, boring Florida golf course.
0: Yeah, I would say absolutely. Out of, out of the, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to throw in sawgrass as part of that swing, but when you look at the other courses, you the PGA national, uh, you look at, um, you look at Innisbrook, which we have in a couple of weeks and uh, let, I was telling you before the pod, I look at Bay Hill um, a- as the bomb and gouge course to the Florida swing. I mean, I know for the shorter hitters, the Kisners, the Howells, uh, you really do have to find the fairway if they want to be in contention, but For some of the guys I'm looking at, Scheffler, Torres, McIlroy, Leishman, um, you know, I'd I'd even put Sungjae in that conversation. You can get away with a little bit of mishap off the tee, but um, I don't think it's going to be much of a putting contest this week, and I'm really putting emphasis on uh, the good iron players coming into this week, Led.
1: Yeah, for sure. You're going to have to hit fairways. Uh, We're in Florida now, so there is rough. It is going to be pretty thick this week. Well, I remember watching out there the last couple of years, you know, they're starting to drag tee boxes across roads. They've got to, you know, they got to have a traffic guy, uh, directing, uh, whether it's cars or groups, uh, teeing off on a couple of holes. And it's already stretched out to 7,500 yards. I don't know, really, you know, they're kind of running out of room there. Um, in terms of like just one of the holes I want you to kind of think about in terms of the way the golf course plays is we'll just use the 18th hole. Cause that's going to mean for our listeners. That's going to be the one that jumps out. Um, That's like a straightforward 460-yard par four uh, tee shot. You know, pretty tight off the tee. You got a little bit of OB, you know, coming on the left. But for the most part, pretty straightforward. And then that second shot is that green that's, you know, completely guarded by that, uh, you know, that lake short right. The green kind of works around it, kind of got that reverse 16th hole at Augusta kind of feel. You know, you throw it up there on the bank, has a tendency to to come on in there. But – in terms of the way this course plays different, so met from so many other weeks, is you'll see guys that are in the right rough, let's say on that 18th hole, laying up from 170 yards, right? Either they don't like their lie and they don't think they can carry the you know 150, 165 yard shot they have, or even if they do, you know when the greens get baked out, that thing's got no chance of staying on the green. So you'll see uh you know maybe not a guy like a bryson or you know some. obviously he's not playing but some of these bomb and gougers maybe they will give it a go but you'll see someone be laying up from 175 180 yards which you Mm. won't see uh any other week but this week at bay hill um another thing that kind of jumps out with this course is the course uh the course really plays as difficult as the conditions are so how firm the greens are is very indicative to, uh, you know, how low these guys go. And then another thing that kind of plays into those green firmness is just really how windy it is. Um, when it gets really windy, the greens play smaller, the fairways play smaller, just because you're going to have those obviously crosswinds off the tee. Uh, the, the greens are obviously going to firm up a little bit. If you, if it really gets blustery, um, and they can get baked out. I mean, you'll see them on a Sunday that those things will be looking like sidewalks almost, you know, even with brown spots really in some of the areas of the greens when you look at players that have done well here tiger woods eight-time champion i mean when i saw that it's like wow this guy was pretty good <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying it's, uh, you have ernie else winning two times you have matt every winning twice rory bryson so you th- certainly think of bombers uh playing well here but then you also have guys like Tyrrell hatton francesco molinari mark leishman that have kind of bunted it around and been able to win, whether that's, you know, hitting a lot of fairways, hitting really good long irons. Um, You know, there are multiple types of players that have have played well here. If you're short, you better be hitting fairways because you've got no chance to uh, be able to stop it on these greens, to be able to go at any pins. Um, But yeah, like we said earlier, one of the toughest courses on tour, one of the toughest courses really tee to green. When you look at all the stats around a lot of the golf courses, these are going to be, you know, when you talk about proximity of the hole, let's say the average tour player averages, I don't know, from 180 yards, they average 30 feet. The, because of the, the layout of the Bay Hill greens, because they get normally really, really firm, you know, we'll look at a shot that you normally hit 30 feet. They're going to hit 40 feet. So if we can, you know, take some of those those better iron players, uh, I think we can really have a chance to you know, get some guys where we want them. The last five times we played here, the average winning score has been 11.2 under par. Uh, just two years ago, Tyrell Hatton won here with a score of four under par. So it played really more like a U.S. Open. Yes, the wind was crazy that year, but I do, I do think not every golf course can can go single digits just based on uh, a little bit of uh, weather conditions. Weather-wise, uh, you know, we'll bring in uh, our uh, weatherman. Will, for the most part, we're looking at, you know, I've seen on Thursday pretty calm, Friday to Sunday, you know, we're maybe some gusts of 15 plus miles per hour. You've got, you seen something like that.
0: Yeah, I see the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know in 2022 uh, what 10 to 15 miles per hour does to a tour player. Uh, but like you said about, you know, regarding Bay Hill, it's going to firm up. There's not going to be much rain. Um, you know, the the greens by the time we get to, by the time we get to Sunday, um, you know, or it's going to be as hard as the, uh, you know, the table that my computer is laying on um you know I, I i think you know, I think when looking at the total score this week, I think, yeah, you do have to factor in some of that win, but overall led, you know weather looks pretty solid from from my from my eyes I don't know, I need to check back from two thousand and twenty to see just how high that win got up yeah. um and, and I think another point to um you know not to talk about Bryson too much and what we're missing here, but when you look at someone who's absolutely dominant from one ninety out. Uh, you know, the name that shouts out to you uh, is Bryson DeChambeau, and it's a shame that we don't have him here this week. Tomorrow. Yeah,
1: 190 out. And the, the thing is about his game is he has that maybe once around, right? Most of the time, it's we're worried about him being 90 yards out.
0: In terms yeah, of, exactly. You know, the well, fact that yeah, he's, hitting eight, he's
1: hitting eight – he's hitting – right, he might be hitting nine iron from 190 out, so that makes him better than everyone else. But the fact that – I mean, some of these par fours and stuff, guys are hitting, you know – having 150 yards in he's having 65 with some of the lines he was taking and that's one of the things that's sad about him not playing just the pro tracers are pretty fun out at bay hill especially when the dog likes so much because he's literally you know hitting it over people's swimming pools in terms of in, in terms of some of these lines off the tee the stats that we'll dive into will definitely be strokes gained off the tee. When you think of guys like Tiger, Rory, Bryson, you know, they remind us of guys who have had just really good driving weeks. And that being the main reason they won this event, you know, they could lose strokes putting, they could lose strokes, even on approach, but by the fa- but the fact that they're just, you know, hitting 12 fairways and having hundred yards in every hole, that makes it, uh, makes the golf course a little bit easier. Reachable par fives, par five scoring is definitely be one of the key things we look at strokes gained approach. Strokes gain putting on Bermuda, of course, because we are in Florida. Um, well, like we said, we don't, obviously, to win an event, you can't have a god-awful putting week, right? But we really think this week, more often than not, it's going to really come down to, uh, to the ball striking. You're missing cut. If if you're, if you're dry, if your driver and your irons don't show up, you're just missing the cut. you got no chance. Of, you can't scrap it around here. We know that. Yes, you're going to have to probably be grinding over a couple seven-footers for par, especially if the wind gets up. We all know how important those are. Um, but for shorter guys, we're going to be looking at ferry percentages. Got no chance coming out from 220 of the rough. Uh, we're going to be looking at the better long iron players. 70% of our pro shots this week will come from over 150 yards. So like we said, we're definitely going to be looking at that number. Remember, we do have a opposite field event this week in Puerto Rico. So we may have a couple plays later on in the show for that event. Will, have you done much of a deep dive into the Puerto Rico Open?
0: Yeah, I covered the, uh, the Monday qualifier uh, that, was in, uh, that was in Florida and Miami earlier this week. There's a couple, you know, two, three guys coming out of that Monday qualifier that I think are really going to make a, uh, a push to get some more points for the rest of the PGA Tour season. So we'll get to that near the end of the show. I
1: saw uh, I saw a familiar name um, of the mini tour circuits of Orlando, uh, Chris Couch. I believe is active and in the field for the Puerto Rico Open. He, uh, I played a lot of golf with him uh, in the Moonlight Tour events, the mini tour events out there. He actually uh, he coaches. This is a funny kind of thing. So he coaches like three or four guys out on this mini tour, right? And what Chris Couch is known for, I believe uh long putter he's always a long putter guy but he played on the pj tour chipping cross-handed so there's like three or four of his like students that play in these like moonlight tour events that he also plays he's a good player obviously he played on tour for a couple of years um who chip cross it like he teaches that as part of his thing so he uh is going to be playing the puerto rico and this week and chipping cross i don't know why i added that i just thought that was a funny thing uh that he used to you know even do you're playing a mini tour event, right? Which is not that big a deal, but he would be giving a playing lesson while he's playing a mini tour event. I don't know how that's legal, but uh, he'd find a way to do it and still shoot 66. So, uh, you know, good on him. That
0: but, that's what that's all time grind. And, and another note regarding the Puerto Rico Open, and you know the and the Arnold Palmer is. Matt Every, two-time winner of the Arnold Palmer, two thousand four two thousand fifty. I know it's been about seven years, but didn't get didn't get into the Arnold Palmer this year. He's he's playing in Puerto Rico on a sponsor's exemption. Oh my god! You think if you won it
1: twice, you're you know you're coming back forever.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't seen many stories about Ricky's it, in. but I know Matt Every has had his. Um, you know, his run-ins with the tour and, and you know, a, a couple of various different things happening oh, over the yes. past few years. I don't know if the invitation just didn't land in the mail or what, but, um, you know, he's another guy to look at in Puerto Rico this week for sure. Yes. But um, let, let's get things started here with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll, we'll get things started with the favorites. We'll work our way into matchups and picks to place, and so we're going to get into the dark horses and outright winners, and uh, we'll finish up with lineups degenerate bets of the week scoring predictions and our best bet for the arnold palmer invitational lead have anything else before we jump into favorites here
1: yeah well just looking over these favorites quickly uh it's almost like these are the course history ranking favorites right (laughs) every single guy except maybe for the guy you're about to start off with has uh has good course history out there um i you know, I'd say the books are weighting it pretty, pretty heavily, uh, and I think for good reason, just because it's kind of a bit of a quirky golf course with the weird dog leg lines. Um, anything really else to add? I mean, really difficult golf course. If you're not playing well, you're missing the cut. As simple as that. So kind of keep that in mind with uh, with some of these uh, favorites.
0: Yeah, you look at the guys who've been in, in contention over the years. 2017 winner Mark Leishman. Uh, you know, he's consistently been there in the years that he's played, you know, came in second to Tyrrell um, in 2020, obviously, you know, not to bring up Bryson, he's not even playing, but if he's in the field, you know, he'd be up there. He came in second and 18 to Rory and then one in 2021, um, you know, various guys, Jason day, he's always in the mix here. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a huge emphasis on, on course history and the favorites.
1: And it's pretty cool what Bryson's doing. Like once he decides to withdraw, like all of these odds for these favorites kind of slip down a little bit. You know, what I mean? it's yeah. pretty cool that uh, he's obviously moving the needle a decent amount.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So let's get right into uh, John Rom at plus seven fifty. I think the first thing that needs to be addressed is kind of the misconception that Rom doesn't have experience at Bay Hill since this year will be his debut. I wouldn't use that as the reason not to bet on Rom. Uh, because you know it's not true. He represented Europe in the Arnold Palmer Cup as an amateur twice in 2014, 2015. I don't like plus 750 for Rom to win, but it really has nothing to do with course experience or course setup. It's just overpriced. Um, and as far as matchups are concerned for Rom this week, you're mostly going to see matchups for him against Rory, who led. We'll get into in a second, but in my opinion, there's no reason to roll the dice against. Uh, on ROM against a Rory McIlroy, who is playing exceptionally well uh, from T to green. Yeah,
1: I don't have anything really on John ROM. I was like looking at, you know, plus 750 obviously is, uh, is tough. Um, you know, no course experience. I don't hate his uh, plus 650 missed cut. He hasn't missed a cut since NOM, but when that number is pretty much the same as in, as him winning and you're playing a difficult golf course, you could kind of have some weather conditions pop up. Uh, it's really hard to win out here. It's really easy to miss cuts. <laughs> uh, John Rom has not, has shown that he's uh, he's a very consistent player. But yeah, that number is t- very tough, especially given the fact you can get a guy like Padecki who has you know two wins since November at you know twenty five to one. Taking Rom at plus seven fifty is uh, is tough.
0: Yeah, and you know Rom seemed you know as far as the mental game is concerned, I preached a lot last year on you know just how calm that he got with the um, you know. Had a new baby, seemed to be, you know, a lot more controlled on the golf course. Hasn't really been the case last few weeks. I'm going to hold off to to play Rom a couple more events. You know, uh, his wife has another baby on the way. Led, you know, the jingle with Rom after his next big win. He's going to note the perspective of the new baby, yada, yada, yada. I don't think it happens this week, and I certainly don't like the matchup against Rory. And his top 10 number at minus 109 at DraftKings seemed a bit overpriced as well. So I'm gonna lay off Rom overall.
1: Yeah, and I did the Cardinal Sin last week. I took the tournament favorite. I took Sun Jay 14 to one. And what happened? He missed the cut. So I will not be taking tournament favorites for a while. You know, the golfing gods told me <laughs> to, to stay away. You my and me both, pro- buddy. Yeah, my thought process was was, you know, so you got Sun Crappy field. He's kind of in a tier of his own. You know, there was a method to the madness, but uh, you know, short week for Sung Sungjae. So uh yeah, no John Rom this week, especially not at uh 750. Good work, Will. Moving into our next guy, Rory McElroy, 10 to 1. The former Arnold Palmer invitational winner is 12th off the tee, 18th approach, and 14th in putting so far this season, relative to the field. His last two starts in the PJ Tour are a 10th at the Genesis and a win. Last year at the CJ Cup, um, you know, at the Genesis, he picked up strokes in every category, which is nice to see. But, you know, not normal to Rory to see. He picked up five strokes uh, putting. So was a, I wouldn't say a fluky top 10, but when Rory is being powered by the putter, uh, it's a little bit uh, scary to dive into, you know, in terms of uh, him keeping that going.
0: Yeah, I know the case, you know, against Rory. And I certainly agree with it, especially when we get to major season, you know, once a bad putter, kind of always a bad putter. But since the Northern Trust back in August last season, he you know, he really has put an exception over the last five events. Uh, Rory has picked up an average of four shots on the green per event, according to Fan- Fantasy National and Lead. I don't know what your thoughts on this, but if you're going to take a heavy hitting matchup this week, McIlroy over Rom at plus 110 on DraftKings. Seems like the one you would take, um, you know, I, I think if I had to pick between Rom and Rory this week, I'm taking Rory 10 out of 10 times.
1: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Especially when you look at course history, John Rom having none, Rory McIlroy last year, he was 10th year before that fifth year before that sixth year before that a win year before that a fourth year before that a 27th and year before that an 11th. So this guy absolutely uh, gets up for, for Arnie Palmy week um and the books are kind of taking into account with how consistent he's been here you know he's 10 to 1 for a reason i don't think i mean 10 to 1 no thanks the i mean the books are obviously taking how well he's done here into account well i don't mind him at all in that uh in that matchup you sp- you spoke about well, that was with john Rom.
0: Uh, what was yeah, that plus yeah 10? plus 110 on draft
1: yeah and i mean even in terms of picks of place plus 110 top 10 no thanks for mm. rory um so yeah, unless you're playing on a matchup, he's a total pass for me.
0: Yeah. And on to uh Scotty Scheffler at 16 to one. And Scotty has one previous start here back in 2020 uh, came in 15th while having a putting week that usually sends you home on a Friday. Uh, but we see that sometimes with Scotty, if there's one aspect of his game that can go astray, it's definitely going to be the putting. The good news is we usually see Scheffler's putting falling apart on bent or poet services. Bay, Bay Hill obviously Bermuda as uh, as led noted um, and, and this is another guy like Rory who um, you know I really do like this week it's a course setup that I think really works well for Scotty Scheffler he can uh, you know with his distance he can you know one of those guys that can close his eyes and absolutely step on the driver you know when we discussed Scheffler prior to the Genesis I told you that I expected regression um, after we hit the big winning ticket on Scheffler at the at the Waste Management. That certainly was not the case. He played excellent following the week um, at the Genesis Invitational. And I think everyone is asking themselves, you know, are we are we going to see a Spieth 2015-esque year from Scotty Scheffler in 2022? Um, I think we could definitely see that when we get to the major championships. But in regards to this week, it's going to be, um, you know, a, a top 10 ticket at plus 210 on Scotty Scheffler on FanDuel. Or pass for me. I'm seeing his matchup in DraftKings uh, will be against Victor Hovland at minus 130. That's a bit overpriced in my opinion, considering considering that Hovland's at the top of his game. Uh, I also see a Scheffler matchup over Rory on DraftKings. Not a fan of that ticket either. Um, if anyone sees Scheffler matched up against against a different player, possibly a Matthew Fitzpatrick, you shoot me a DM on Twitter. We'll talk about it. Uh, but if all you see is Scheffler over Hovland at minus 130 or Scheffler over Rory at minus 108, I'm personally passing on that and, and taking the Scheffler top 10 ticket at plus 210. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Led.
1: Yeah. Uh, Scheffler 16 to one. No, thank you. Uh, you know, do we think he's going to win two times in three weeks, especially against this strong of field? Probably not. I do like the fact that he did get the monkey off the back. He's a PJ tour winner. It's kind of, you know, what we thought maybe with Finau, the fact that he finally, you know, broke through, maybe these wins start stacking up a little bit, but I think, you know, jumping on Scotty Scheffler right now uh, is a little bit uh, too late. I think we need to just wait for this to cool off a little bit. Let's get him in that mid 20 range again, kind of where he belongs and then, uh, and strike down the road. Um, But, You know, 32nd off the tee, 17th approach in his last 50 rounds. He is playing well. Well, like you talked about in a matchup against maybe a Fitzpatrick or something like that, don't mind that at all. Moving into our next guy, Victor Hovland at 18-1. to Hovland is another guy, like Rory, that you may expect a good week from, but is there any value at that number? He's coming off a, you know, fourth-place finish at the Genesis, a win at the Mayakoba a uh, a couple months ago. He had a win in Dubai on the DP World Tour in January. Stats-wise, what's not to like? Well, besides the chipping. He's the worst-ranked chipper in the field in his last 50 rounds. Literally dead last. Um, chipping is all relative, though. Well, when you look at those ar- around the green stats, you know, a lot of that, you know, one of the things you think of is what kind of sh- chips, what kind of shots is he leaving himself? Not, uh, not They're not all created equal, right? Are we leaving a bump and run? Or are we leaving a plugged lie uh, down slope of a bunker with water behind? It? So... You know, he is one of the more aggressive players on tour. I think that's one of the reasons his short game struggles is because, you know, if you go out of pin from 235 and miss short side and knee deep rough, right, that you're probably your chipping stats aren't going to look too good. Right. Um, so not too, not freaking out too much about the chipping, you know, even in the sense I've kind of read some articles and he's kind of got that under control where he did have issues a couple years ago. Um, Ball striking wise, 11th off the tee, third approach, absolute bomber. And, you know, sometimes it's about the number. I think the books have this number priced correctly. I don't really see any value on either side of this. Course history doesn't have better than a top 40 here in his three starts. So I may look for Hovland in a poorly priced matchup, but uh, Hovland at 18 to 1 is a pass for me.
0: Yeah, you know, when you're looking at Victor Hovland, like you said, no mojo from previous starts here three at the Arnold Palmer invite and has not finished better than 40th. Um, you know, when you look at uh, his play here as an amateur at the Arnold Palmer cup, he was part of two losing European teams. Um, you know, if you're going to bet on Victor Hoblin this week, you would have to trust that his recent play is going to continue into this week. And he's going to change the narrative for himself here at Bay Hill uh, led it, It'll be interesting. I'm going to dive into his, you know, his top five number at plus four fifty. when we get to the dark horses, I think that'll be an interesting discussion. Other than that, I'm off Victor Hoblin this week. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, he is one of those guys, right? If he has the driver, just absolutely going, he'll finish, he can finish top five borderline based on his driving alone. You know, we've seen tiger do it eight times with the driver, just completely dominant. We've seen Bryson do it. We've seen Rory do it at this event. Like if you have the driver on the, on a string that week, You know, we can pretty much, guarantee. you know, through two rounds, if it looks like, okay, he has got his lines off the tee and he's striking his driver, we can pretty much lock that, you know, top five, top 10 in. But, um, yeah, I'm actually surprised he hasn't done better than top 40 here in three starts. That's a little concerning, but I think the books have it priced pretty much where it's supposed to be. So sometimes you just got to move on to
0: the next guy. No doubt. Great work there, Led. And on to Matthew Fitzpatrick at 20-1. to um, okay, so Fitzpatrick had to withdraw from the Genesis a couple weeks ago um, after starting 2022 with top tens at Pebble Beach and the Wasted Management. Um, it was a bug, not an injury, so nothing to, to take into consideration there. As far as this week is concerned, like his TrackMan, like a TrackMan, like a virus. And it's track- that I <laughs> hey, we need to look into that for Bryson. You know, if his uh, he's not with TrackMan, who's he with? He's with one of those other machines now. Uh, I think he's quad, right? Is he quad? Yeah, he's a quad guy. He's a quad. Oh, uh, well, guy.
1: I saw I saw a tweet uh the other him day. Him and
0: Bubba, him and Bubba did the commercial together.
1: Mm-hmm. But I saw a tweet about FitzPatrick and FitzPatrick like withdrew from the uh from the Genesis, like you talked about. It was before the first round or something?
0: Yeah, it was about Yeah, I mean it was I think it was late uh, Wednesday. <laughs> Some guy tweeted like does he have to turn his turn his courtesy car in before the end of
1: the day? <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I can just imagine that kind of conversation. Yeah, I think he didn't mind if he dropped it off a couple of days later.
0: No, 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 I'm sure he um, I, I'm sure he stuck around for a little bit there, but there's a lot to like about Fitzpatrick this week. He's proven over the last three years that he's had uh, that he's going to have long-term success at Bay Hill 10th last year, 9th in 2022, 19. Um, and, and here's how I'm gonna bet Fitzpatrick this week. I'm likely gonna sprinkle a winning ticket on him. Um, as well as take him as a uh, at top 380 on the European tour on the, on the European leaderboard on FanDuel. Um, in my opinion, that's the best look at Fitzpatrick this week is on the European leaderboard because I'm seeing his matchup in DraftKings against Sung Jay and who's coming off a miscut. Um, and I actually may take the other side of that at plus one oh five. I'll let Led, you know, start the discussion with Sung Jay here in a little bit. But for Fitzpatrick this week, Led, I may sprinkle. Uh, the winning ticket at twenty to one, and I'm 100% gonna take Fitzpatrick to finish as the top European at plus 380 on Fan.
1: I'm I'm passing on Fitzpatrick. I, th- I mean, I think the books have this price, if anything, a little shorter than I would want it. Uh, you know, he is coming in with form. He does have the course history that we talked about. When you just see Rory, Victor Hovland, yeah. Sungjae, Hideki, and then Matthew Fitzpatrick, I mean, that's definitely the name that kind of jumps out. As eh, maybe that's a little out of place. Yeah. When you do look at the course history, you know, maybe it backs it up a little bit. But man, twenty to one's tough for it is a deep field, you know. So we're gonna agree to disagree on that one a little bit. Um, but you know, moving into our next guy, Sungjae M, twenty-two to one. Unfortunately, Sungjae didn't make it to Sunday at the Honda Classic. As many of you know, I had him at 14-1 to one to win last week. He missed the cut by one shot because he putted terrible. Um, you know, this reminds me of uh, the Sony earlier in the year where he just had an awful kind of nine-hole stretch, and you miss the cut by two, and then everybody starts hitting the panic button, freaking out. It's like that office thing when uh, the fire alarm goes off and, you know, people are running around the office. Uh, that's pretty much what uh, – you know, people see who we're doing when uh, Sung Jay missed the cut, especially as the uh, tournament favorite. You know, if he makes the cut on the number, what was a cut? Maybe two, three over. If he makes a cut on the number, has a solid weekend. The guy finishes, what, T14, and no one's freaking out about anything. You know, he shot two over for two rounds or, or three over for two rounds and then even finish what, even finished top 15, top 20, something like that. So let's not completely overreact to, to an MC from uh, Sung there. Uh, you know, as my old college coach would say, he just ran out of holes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in terms of his recent form, he has a win on he has a win at the Shriners, four top tens, not, not including an 11th at, at the Amex earlier in the year. Normally, I would say, let's, you know, let's take advantage of the miscut, cut. Let's jump on it. But, you know, the books really didn't move too much on Sanjay. I expected them to over-exaggerate uh, that miscut cut a little more than they did. You know, 22 to 1, a, a top 5, 6 favorite here. They like him. Uh, For good reason, Uh, he has good course history. 21st last year, third place finishes here in 2019 and 2020. Having said that, I think 22 to one is just a little bit pricey coming off a miss cut. So I don't hate his top 10 number at plus 225, especially when you compare it to a Rory at plus 110. You know that might be a that might be something we jump on later in the pod. But uh, you know another guy potentially, we could definitely look at in matchups just because of the way he drives the ball. You know, he's not the longest out there. He's definitely not the shortest. But 34th in fairway percentage, we absolutely love. The reason he's he's up there and strokes gained off the tee is because of how accurate he is. You know, despite the miscut, he's picked up strokes off the tee in 10 straight events, you know, even at the Honda. Uh, so let's see if we can maybe see find him in a matchup up against a, uh, a streaky ball striker.
0: Yeah, and there, there's going to be a couple good good matchups and looks at, um, at Sung this week. I like Sung J M over Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus one Oh five. Um, I'm going to get into a matchup with Sung over Hideki uh, when we get there, but I'm wi- I'm right there with you led. I'm not over hyping the miscut cut last week because Sung J M is rebounded with top twenties after three of his four missed cuts. And like you said, beautiful track record here at the Arnold Palmer and puts beautifully on Bermuda um, he's going to prove this week that last week was really a fluke. We'll get to more on, um, on Sung Jae here in a bit, but moving on to Hideki Matsuyama at 25 to one. Um, and I'm, I'm completely off Hideki this week. He's not been reliable over the years. As far as the Florida swing is concerned, I successfully faded him two weeks ago against Roy Riviera, Um and, and you know, I, I don't see um, matchups picks to place outright. I don't see a place where I'm going to bet Hideki this week. And, definitely fading him against Sung J in those matchups. Let what do you got?
1: I'm rattled, man. I'm rattled. I have Hideki to win at 25 to one, the FedEx cup leader, uh, 39th, at Genesis Genesis eighth at the Phoenix 30th at the farmers, you know, has a win at the Zozo and the, and the Sony earlier in the year. When you look at all these guys, you know, he's the guys who's really been crossing the finish line the most, uh, in terms of picking up dubs, um, other things we've been kind of looking at he's picked up five shots off the uh he's picked up five shots t to green in four of his last six starts so uh he's pairing that with with good putting um you know he hasn't had a top 10 here since 2016 which is something to be you know certainly a little bit concerned about but he's also never missed the uh the cut here in his in any of his previous previous starts seven times to be exact um You know, the reason he hasn't played well, I kind of dove deep into his strokes gained. He's had, like, the worst putting weeks. Uh, Like like we said, guys, we can maybe handle a mediocre putting week, even a bad putting week. But he's had, like, multiple times where he's, like, lost, like, five strokes with the putter. And he's still finishing, you know, 30th, 46th, 21st. So he's still been able to make the cut every time. You know, only, what was that? Three or four events ago, this the Sony, he picked up seven shots on the green and had one of the best putting, uh, you know, things of his life. Putting, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the best uh, strokes gained uh, putting. He finished number one in the field for the first time in his career led.
1: Yeah. So, like we expected, maybe the putter to cool off a little bit, but it's, he's not putting terrible the last couple of weeks. So, I think with how well he's hitting it, one of the best ball strikers on tour, he's putting – good for him which is mediocre for everyone which is good enough to to play well here so I think the way he's putting combined with his ball striking I think he could jump up and have a have a good event this week for sure and you know I'm just gonna move right into our next guy I okay I love Hideki I love Will Zalatoris as well I, these guys are both at 25 to 1. Um, my computer right now is auto-correcting Zalatoris to another word that ends in Taurus. Um, I don't know what that means. Is it a sign to take them? Is it a sign to not take them? Zalatoris has picked up over five strokes in each of his past five events, to Green. So we absolutely love the ball striking that's going on, but the putting is a disaster to say the least. You know, he's, he's got some, uh, some strokes that are unfortunately showing up on our Twitter feeds that are giving some people some nightmares. <laughs> Sorry, some nightmares. Uh, he has lost strokes on the greens in five of his last six events with how good his ball striking has been. He has still had two top six finishes during that stretch. He had a runner up at the farmers and he's losing, you know, two, three strokes uh, on the greens. So, you know, I think Zal is kind of in that Tony Finau range where you want to bet on him, but if he has a seven footer to win on 18, you're kind of like, shoot, better luck next year kind of situation. Um, but, you know, of the favorites, I don't mind Dalator at 25-1 just because of his elite ball striking. He's sneaky long. He's, you know, he's very long to be, uh, to be exact in terms of he did finish 10th last year, gaining eight point shot, 8.6 shots tee to green. So not only has he played well here, he played well here the way he normally does with, the, with elite ball striking. He's 23rd off the tee, fourth approach. You know, a little bit of a nugget. He's a Wake Forest grad. He was on. He had the Arnold Palmer scholarship while he was at Wake Forest. I think the story kind of writes itself for him yeah. picking up his first PGA Tour win here. Um, the place is so tough. You know, he could realistically have a Sunday where he just doesn't. He doesn't putt well, and he could still win. You know, what I mean, this is not a place where it's like, you know, you got a two shot lead going into. The final round and you need to shoot a 65 to fend people off this is kind of a hold on for your life golf course so i think that suits his game in the sense that he could literally just win this golf tournament on a sunday from his ball striking alone and that's the kind of uh, course we want and that's the kind that you know obviously fits his game not being a shootout course so let's hope he can make that six seven footer on to win on 18 so i'm going to take him at 25 to one to win
0: yeah, I like the uh, Zalatoris top twenty ticket at plus plus one thirty on DraftKings. I'm also surprised to see uh, the matchup Zalatoris over Paul Casey at minus one thirty on DraftKings. If you have the if you have the bankroll to spend on that ticket, I don't believe Paul Casey has a chance to beat Will Zalatoris around this track. I know that Casey had a good start to the season over in Dubai, and it's been absolutely class around the Florida swing over the years. But he hasn't been too lights out around Bay Hill, and even though. Zalatoris' career is so young. Um, This course setup is going to be great for him over the years. And like you said, you know, with the uh, Arnold Palmer scholarship, the narrative kind of sets up itself for sure.
1: Well, I haven't really seen it. Uh, I was wondering if you've seen it. Obviously, you know, we look at these matchups and a guy's minus 110 and guys, you know, plus 120. Obviously, the plus ones are more enticing. You know, it's like taking the Falcons plus 250. Right. uh, (laughs) Against the Saints, maybe. Something like that. You never know, Matt Ryan, go off. But uh, in terms of these, I remember, like, I want to say a year, a year and a half ago, I was looking at some of these head-to-heads, and they had the shots, like, included. So, like, everything was minus 110, and then, let's say, if John Rahm's favorite, he would have, like, a shot, you know, he would get a shot, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Even those lines. I haven't seen any books that have really been, like, taking advantage of the fact that you can get these kind of balanced out a little more. Have you?
0: Yeah, on um, on Bet MGM, I believe they still do something like that, but I, I stay away for the most part. I stay away. Yeah. I I I don't want a shot or two, especially in the sport of golf. It's so much different. Well, it's not, you know, it comes down to, to you know a single shot, a single swing, a single throw in every sport. Yeah. I don't like to roll the dice on that in golf though.
1: It does become a bit of a, a math equation, right? Like we know how much you know, a field goal's worth in NFL and to the spread and how all that works. But with golf, like what is a half a shot at Bay Hill versus a a shot at uh, Riviera? You know what I mean? Like trying to factor in all those things, I think uh, becomes, yeah. So we'll, we'll stick to, we'll stick to just, you know, those uh, even, even
0: lines. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I was thinking I'm going to have to go back and check who it was, but there is a PGA tour rookie that said after last week that the number one thing that he was surprised about when he got on tour is how, the difference between the top five player in the world and the difference between a player that's ranked between 100 and 150 in the world is literally under half a shot now. That's what separates everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I was talking about. As far as the sport of golf is concerned, I don't like to mess with, you know, placing a ticket that, you know, is going to differ from, you know, one shot to two shots. I don't want to see.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Minus one and a half shots. Yeah,
0: I'm good. I'm good. I don't want that to cost me. But um, on to, uh, on to Terrell Haddon at 28 to one. And let's get into the 2020 Arnold Palmer invite champion who has played very well over on the DP world tour to start the season. T6 at the Abu Dhabi HSBC, T4 at the Dubai Desert Classic. And remember, that came after two horrible starts at Myakoba and Houston Open back in November on the PGA Tour. I would not take the Hatton over Leishman ticket at plus 110 on DraftKings. Um, If anything, I would be on the other side of that. I love Leishman this week. What I am saying, what I do love over on FanDuel is Tyrell Hatton over Billy Horschel minus 102. And I like that if you're searching uh for a Hatton ticket this week. I think Horschel's becoming more overpriced by the week. Um, you know, and he's never done much over the years with the Arnold Palmer. So if you're looking for ways to bet on Terrell Hatton this week, your best option in my opinion would be Hatton over Horschel or minus 102 on FanDuel. Um I'm staying away from a winning ticket this week on Terrell.
1: Yeah Horschel's iron besides last week have been shocking. So yeah. I don't that match up either. Uh moving into our next guy. Mark Leishman rounding out our favorites at 28 to one. The former API champ is having a great year so far. He has a fourth at the Fortinet earlier in the season, third at Shriners. Um, in his last five starts, he has four top 20s at Bay at Bay Hill. Like we talked about earlier, he has a win. Um, a little bit of a mixed bag, three top threes, a top 10, three missed cuts, and three kind of in-betweeners, you know, between those kind of, top 15 to kind of top 50 range. So he you know, definitely has uh, had some good weeks and bad weeks out here to say the least. Um, The one thing I looked at is obviously we're looking at those, you know, independent results, but it's important to look at how he was playing coming into those, right? So all of his missed cuts at the event were normally preceded by missed cuts and poor finishes heading into that. So in simple terms, if he's playing well, coming into this week, like if his, like we talked about, his irons are, if he's driving it well, if his irons are good, if he's petting well, he plays well at Bay Hill. Um, well, we said, if you're not, you can't find your game out here. You know, if you're playing well coming in, you're, you know, potentially going to play well here, especially with the course history leachman has. If not, it's going to be a short week. And with four top twenties, his last five starts, there's not a lot of guys playing more consistently than he is. He's picked up strokes T to green in seven of his last eight events and picked up strokes putting in six of the last eight. So, Literally through the bag, you know, really uh, the consistency we want to see coming in. So another guy that do a little shopping on him, I'd like to see that maybe thirty to one kind of range, but twenty eight to one, I don't mind. You know, taking a bite at uh, definitely don't hate the top ten at plus two fifty.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be stacking some picks on um, on Leishman this week. In my opinion, he's the most consistent player on tour without a win in 2022. Um, so I really like him as well. And we'll get into that as we move our our, our way into matchups and picks to play. And let, I'll get to start us here with my matchups uh for this week. I'm gonna start out with Tyrell Haddon over Billy Horschel, minus 102 on FanDuel. And uh, like we've talked about, Arnold Palmer is one of those events where you have to ball strike your way to the finish line if you want to compete. Horschel, who has a tendency to be off with the irons, has finished top 20 here twice since 2013, which is unimpressive to me relative to how well Patton's played around here. This is one of the few events where I, I feel really comfortable betting on Haddon. Uh, you know, he's one of those temperamental players that is usually impossible to bet on because he can just lose it between the years at really any given moment. But Bay Hill is where he won his solo PGA tour title back in 2020. And he did perform well in the tournaments he played in Europe after a couple starts here in America in the fall. So my first matchup is going to be Terrell Haddon over Billy Horschel at minus 102 on FanDuel. Uh, my next one's going to be Mark Leishman over Billy Horschel again at minus 114 on Barstool Sportsbook. Another phenomenal look to bet on Leishman while fading Horschel. And listen, here's the bottom line. You don't have to putt great to win here at the Arnold Palmer, but... Like we've emphasized, you cannot hit your irons poorly and win it. I think that's where Horschel is going to run into problems this week, while Leishman at the very least is an automatic top 20 finisher this week. So my second matchup is going to be Mark Leishman over Billy Horschel at minus 114 on Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, My third matchup is going to be Sung J.M. over Hideki Matsuyama minus 102 on FanDuel. Like I said in the favorites, Um, you know, I am personally looking for an effective way to fade Hideki this week. And I think FanDuel serves it up, uh, right here with this, we have Sungjae coming off the cut, And remember, this is the key stat. Sungjae has rebounded off an MC with top 20 finishes after three of his last four cuts. Um, whereas Hideki has just been flat out disastrous on the Florida swing. So my third head to head will be Sung J.M. over Hideki Matsuyama at minus 102 on FanDuel. Uh, My fourth and final matchup for this week is going to be Jason Day over Sam Burns at minus 102 on FanDuel. I know Sleepy asked me about Kokrak over Burns at minus 118 on DraftKings. I like that as well. I've seen a few matchups against Burns, though, that you should stay away from. I would not take Fleetwood over Burns, and I would not touch Mitchell over Burns on DraftKings. Jason Day. Um, over Sam Burns at minus 102 on FanDuel is the correct ticket this week. And I love Jason Day uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, it really looks like he's done swinging out of his shoes on every golf shot for the first time in his career. Uh, he is in full control of his trajectory. And you have to give credit to the great Chris Como, who Jason Day is now working with. And Como, of course, taught Tiger after the whole Sean Foley disaster thing. Uh, so, uh, number one, you have to like the direction that Day is heading in with Chris Como. Number two, Jason Day has built an unbelievable resume in Bay Hill. Five top 25 finishes, including a win back in 2016. And number three, he's out in Orlando you know, with the family, enjoying Disney World, enjoying Universal Studios, enjoying Epcot with Dash and the rest of the crew. They posted up on Instagram yesterday. Uh, so good vibes in the air for Jason Day this week. Is he still doing the RV to every tournament? Or is That's that a- done? that's a good question. I was actually wondering the same thing with Jimmy Walker, you know, there was kind of this group on tour that, you know, kept their Instagrams rolling with, you know, the RV travel life. But, uh, you know, with the come up of all these PGA companies led, I don't know if they're still on that grind. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. I remember there was like a
1: full story on, uh, on Jason day, uh, you know, taking the RV. I mean, I think he pretty, I'm pretty sure he parked that thing like outside the clubhouse at Augusta, uh, the night before he, uh, I think he finished like T two there or something, but they did like a full story on. You know, it'd probably helpful to have the, the traveling physio there with. You. you get the massage table out there and everything.
0: Yeah, the only thing is, I think he has about five six kids now, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if, if they can all fit in the RV. And uh, no, that's it, true. That's I was true. I was watching someone or a video on the RV life back a couple of years ago, and guys would like get their RV shipped from swing to swing and then stay in them this <laughs> seems so excessive but love that. Uh, you know love I, that. Guess, I guess to save some cash
1: awesome well i love those head-to-heads i love one in particular um i'm gonna get into both of mine right here one of them is a copy and paste from one you have mark leishman over billy horschel minus 114 that's on barstool sportsbook uh billy missed the cut here last year has never had a top 10 while leishman uh is playing great as of late and does have three top threes at bay hill it's simple. When Leishman's playing well, coming into Bay Hill, he plays well at Bay Hill putting wise, you know, Horschel's best surface Bermuda. So is Leishman's. You've got the eighth and ninth ranked ranked putters on Bermuda in the field. So nothing really to look at there. Billy absolutely careered it last week with his irons. We were fading Billy Horschel. He picked up six shots approach at Honda. Um, I don't think that is uh, I think that was a flash in the pan. I don't think that's happening again. Remember, he was outside top 200 approach going to last week, so we're expecting a little bit of a regression with the irons. And if the rest of the game doesn't pick up the slack, could be a short week for uh, for Mister Horschel. In terms of looking at their stats, Leishman way more consistent throughout the bag, way better course history here. The fact that the books are uh, you know pretty much treating these guys as equals, I think it's worth taking Mark Leishman over Billy Horschel at minus 114. And then for my next head-to-head, I have Hideki Matsuyama over Adam Scott minus 125. Um, sweater gate is full and alive. Will, did you see that? I think Adam Scott wore the same, like, what color is that?
0: It's like a dark tan ish. Yeah, it's like a four, t- dark. Four, it was, I think it was five or six rounds in a row between two tournaments.
1: Yeah, one of them wasn't even round. I think he was like the starter at like his AJGA, and like kids were teeing up on the left side of the tee box. That thing was probably stinking. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Hideki is 25th off the tee, Adam 66, Hideki's eighth approach, Adam is 12th you know, Hideki clearly the better ball striker, uh, in this, you know, in the last 50 rounds, if that's the sample size we're looking at. Somehow Adam Scott is ninth in the field and putting. I'm just going to go out on a limb and saying there's going to be a regression coming at some point. And we're hoping it's this week. It's going to happen on
0: Bermuda too, for sure.
1: Certainly. And you know, is that guy, what is he going crosshand? Is he going claws? He going long? Is he going short? He's, he's tried it all. So, uh, I trust Hideki's ball striking over Adam Scott more than I do Adam Scott keeping the hot putter going. That's pretty much what it comes down to, you know, even course history, Hideki seven for seven in terms of made cuts, Adam Scott missed the cut last year. So a little bit of recently poor play here at Bay Hill for Adam, but uh, you know, all those things I weighed earlier, Hideki, much better ball striker, Hideki putting better as of late. The fact that this is even a matchup, I think, uh, you know, I think we can take advantage of it, even though it's a little bit, you know, we're biting the bullet a little bit there at minus 125, but I still like it. So Hideki Matsuyama over Adam Scott, minus 125. And then for my other one, it's Mark Leishman over Billy Horscholt, minus 114. And those can both be found on Barstool Sportsbook.
0: Yeah, moving into my picks to place this week. Uh, first two, we've already gone over. Scotty Scheffler, top 10, plus 210 on FanDuel is one. Uh, and, and number two is Will Zalatoris, top 20, uh, plus 135 on FanDuel. So we've already gone over those. Those are my first two picks to place for this week. Uh, we'll move on to Sung J M, top South Korean, minus 150 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, I know minus 150 isn't ideally uh, what you want to see out of my picks, but Sung J M has no competition. On the South Korean leaderboard this week, first he faces Siwoo Kim, who has missed three cuts and five starts at Bay Hill. Uh, doesn't play well on Bermuda either. Then you have K H Lee, who um, ha- has been a great option as far as the lineups are concerned this year, but he hasn't finished than he hasn't finished better than forty second in two starts here. So you have to jump on this. It's likely going to be one of my two best bets of the week. That's Sung J M, top South created minus minus one fifty on DraftKings Sportsbook. Then we have Uh, Mark Leishman, top 20, plus 155 on FanDuel, which we talked about back in the favorites in the matchups. Um, And finally, we have Jason Day, top 20, plus 230 on DraftKings or FanDuel. And I have quite a few listeners joking with me regarding the fact that Jason Day has finished between 20th and 30th in three of eight starts here um at bay hill but i like the odds i'm getting with this top 20 ticket like i said in the matchups regarding jason day a lot of positive things to look at great trajectory with new coach chris como uh he just switched to a bridgestone ball lead. so so let's go over this he he's now with chris como tiger's ex-coach and i just saw a tweet he he did switch to bridgestone because uh of, of the way tiger has played with the ball that he said that so uh what
1: tiger adds as what He's Tigers playing
0: well at medalists in the card or what? Uh, you know, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I don't know where that I, I think is Jason Day not still with Taylor Man. No, he is. Yeah, I guess he's just he's just changing the ball. So went from the TP5 or TP5X to the uh the Tiger B uh three thousand or Whatever, yeah. whatever 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 they Tiger call
1: Tiger lit it up at the member members so he's <laughs> yeah,
0: <me a> <laughs> yeah. He, he he was putting putting well at that uh at that Seminole uh at that Seminole pro members so I guess I guess Jay Day's wrong. yeah that's what I've seminal Seminole but t-
1: Tiger's so competitive was it Seminole
0: was that yesterday
1: I think that's what yeah, it was yeah. it was a member pro or whatever yeah. but the thing that's funny is Tiger's so competitive uh I can see Tiger just like, you know, Tiger's probably swinging it like 108 right now and be like, dude, you got to try this ball. Or call, <laughs> calling
0: Bridgestone and, and is like, don't you dare give him the same ball I'm using. But yeah, uh, exactly. no, that's a funny little bit. But just to review my uh, my picks to place here, I'm going to Scotty Scheffler, top 10, plus 210 on FanDuel. Will Zal Torres, top 20, plus 135 on FanDuel. Sung J.M., top South Korean, minus 150 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Mark Leishman, top 20, plus 155 on FanDuel. And Jason Day, top 20, plus 230 on DraftKings or FanDuel. Love him. Love him.
1: Arnold Palmy alert. Sorry, (laughs) I had to to do one of those. The Other Guys is a classic film. If you haven't seen it. Tiger
0: calling Bridgestone alert. Don't you dare give my ball to Jason Day. Don't you dare do it.
1: Um, But moving into my picks to place, I absolutely love this first one. Sam Burns, top 10, plus 350. Uh, We have filed a missing persons report for Sam as of late. He's coming off three missed cuts in a row. And I know I said earlier in the podcast, you know, we want to take guys in form. Let's not take guys that are searching for their games. Uh, You know, this is a guy who, like a couple weeks ago, Mito Pereira. The reason we jumped on that at Genesis is – we know he's a good ball striker. Yeah. You know, he was just having a couple off weeks and he was actually putting decently. So we're like, if he gets the ball striking back on track, boom, we're going to just take him for that for that top 20. I think it's kind of the same thing here. Uh, if anyone's due for a good week, it's Sam Burns. Previous to the stretch of poor golf, he had a win at the Sanderson Farms, 14th at Shriners, 5th at the CJ Cup, and 7th place finish at the Houston Open. Literally, no one was playing better golf than him. Um, as of late, I don't even know if Sam Burns like went switched to, uh, you know, overlap grip or what the hell is going on. But, uh, you know, obviously three missed cuts is not exactly what we're looking for going into this week, but I think we can kind of take advantage of that number has like blown up immensely before those three missed cuts. He had gained strokes, tee to green in seven of the eight events. I just think the ball striking at some points got to get back on track and we might as well, uh, get on it earlier than everyone else does, especially these sports books. Um, You know, this is a guy when he's on his game, when he's coming off of a T-17 or a T-12 or something like that, he's plus 180, plus 190, even in strong fields A top 10. The fact that we can get him at plus 350, I think is just impossible for him to uh, for us to pass on. You know, he's a top 10 putter on Bermuda. That's Definitely his favorite surface to putt on Uh, in terms of how he's done on this golf course, three or four cuts made. Uh, so, I think let's just hop on this train before everyone else does. Yes, we're taking a guy who's a little bit out of form, but at some point he's going to turn this thing around and uh, let's be there for it. So, Sam Burns, top 10, plus 350 for my first pick to place. Next one might be a guy you've heard of, Ricky Fowler, top 20.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> Ricky Fowler, top 20, plus 450, also 151 if you just want to sprinkle just a little bit on there. Um, you know, Ricky has been on a bit of a roller coaster this season. Uh, you know, last couple of years for that matter. Uh, when you look at his stats or his results, it's like MC MC T12, MC MC 3rd, 50th, 27th, MC MC. So he, you know, he has a lot of MCs. Uh, I do really like Ricky this week. He seems to play well every year at Bay Hill, honestly. I know he loves Arnold Palmer. I even go back to like he was doing like Puma collabs like the last couple years where he's got like the umbrella on his Puma shirt and on his bag and he's got yeah. like, well, you agree, right? Like, the, yeah, uh, he had all,
0: he, no, he, Puma did the shoot where, where, uh, Arnold Palmer was sitting there and like Kate Upton half naked was sitting there and like <laughs> Ricky's Rick, doing the commercial. It was great. It
1: was yeah, great. but I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure he's, like Thursday through Sunday, uh, outfits are like, available in the Pro Shop with the with the uh, Arnold Palmer logos on them and they don't even have to add them on, they come added on.
0: Ricky, uh, but- Ricky, Ricky should wear that uh you know that red hat that Palmer wore at the 1960 uh, US Open, you know, where he threw the hat. Ricky's gotta be rocking that on Sunday. Oh, with, with, your, with with your ticket behind him, he owes it to us.
1: Oh, you know, if there's if there's a one percent chance of rain, he might pull that pull that uh famous Arnold Palmer umbrella out for sure. But in his 10 starts here uh he's finished in the top 36 times and you know all we're looking this week for is a top 20 at plus 450 i think that's more than achievable uh recent play he's made back-to-back cuts i you know that's consistency for where he's been the last couple of uh, of years
0: yeah making the cut at the honda i think was definitely a positive uh for ricky not kidding um yes. yeah i know 42nd place not ideal but he was on the cut line and, and that would have been, you know, four missed cuts out of his last five starts. So I got to agree with you there that, that at least he made the cut, make,
1: he made the cut at Genesis. Yeah, as well. he did. So he's, he's he did. stringing a couple yeah. together. Yeah. I just read an article, uh, about how he switched to this really, you know, good looking tailor-made mallet putter. Uh, it's absolutely horrendous. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's, you cannot switch from Scotty. Once you go Scotty, like nothing is the same. Uh, so in that sense, I don't like it. But he did pick up five strokes last week on the greens in route to that 42nd finish at the Honda. He, uh, you know, obviously made the adjustment, adjustment pretty well to the Bermuda greens. Safe to say he's comfortable out here on those. Uh, as we know, Bay Hill is a pretty long course. Fowler's not, definitely not the longest out here. But uh, to combat that, he is actually having a great season uh, from over 175 yards approach. Uh, so far this uh, so far this year he's third on the PJ tour in proximity averaging 26.8 feet when the tour average is 34 feet when you think about those demanding par threes those second shot into those par fives kind of gonna be in that 175 to 225 range that is right in Ricky's wheelhouse remember all we're looking for is a top 20 uh, he has six top 30s in his 10 starts so definitely doable another thing I absolutely love another, little nugget, little Chick-fil-A nugget is Ricky Fowler is the number one wind player in the field by a significant margin in his last 50 rounds. It's literally like LeBron, like, and then falls off and then everybody else kind of thing. Maybe not this year, LeBron. Well, actually he's having a great year just to Lakers suck. Uh <laughs> But in terms of, you know, tough golf course, a little windy out there, six, seven under could be in range for a top 20 this week. Plus four fifty for Ricky Fowler sporting that nice little Arnie Palmy umbrella. I absolutely love it. So I think that's more than doable for so my for my second pick to place it's gonna be Ricky Fowler top twenty plus four fifty and feel free to sprinkle that little one fifty to one. Um, for my next one, Tom Hoagie top twenty plus three thirty also a hundred to one for you uh, for you guys uh, looking at that. Hoagie is 69th ninth off the tee, nice and even nicer. He is 16th approach in his last 50 rounds. Uh, he did miss the cut at the Genesis, but did he slip in the parking lot at the Genesis, Will? The fact that he's top 20 plus 330 and he literally won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am two starts ago is what's going on here. Did he, did he have a fall in the parking lot out there? Has he got a little Bryson wrist issue going on? Um, not only that, after he won at Pebble Beach, he finished 14th in the waste management. So it's not like this guy's game has gone off the face of the earth. He just had a rough week at the Genesis. Jeez, just relax. Yeah, um,
0: third in strokes gained approach on the year, which is a stat that we love this week um, and and for sure. I mean, it, if for that ticket to be plus 330 uh, for a guy that hits it about as, you know, straight as anyone on tour is, is pretty shocking.
1: Yeah, he's picked up strokes off the tee in his last seven starts, picked up strokes approach in five of those seven. He also is the Long Iron King. Ricky is third on one at uh, 175 and over approach. Guess who's number one? Tom Neverbogey Hoagie is number one. Uh, so another thing we like, his best putting service is Bermuda. So is there something I'm missing? Tom Hoagie, top 20, plus 330. Absolutely love it. Hammer that. And then for my last pick to place, Adam svensson we're bringing him back. Top twenty plus six hundred, also maybe worth a little sprinkle at two hundred and fifty to one. We're running it back. Uh, yes, we do have a stronger field. That's why that number hasn't gone down much compared to Honda. Uh, but this course sets up just as well as PJ National, if not better, for a guy like Svenson. Svenson has now made five cuts in a row, highlighted by a tied seventh at the Sony and a tied ninth at the Honda last week. Ching. But in regards to the Honda, he finished tied ninth, losing five strokes putting to the field, okay? And he finished tied ninth. He So how did he combat that? He picked up 11.8 shots tee to green. So if he has any semblance of that ball striking, if he can keep that thing going, you know, and like we said, you know, we've mentioned this on previous podcasts, you know, we love a hot putter, but what we like more than that, what carries – over even more than that is someone who's just like really on with the long game uh because you know putting you're switching surfaces you're doing you know you're uh switching green speed but if you're hitting it well you're hitting it well normally if you're playing the next week and you hit it well the week before you're going to kind of keep that going into it you're not just going to fall off the face of the earth so the fact that he picked up almost 12 shots to the green i think we can absolutely jump on that he is 10th on tour for approaches from 115 to 175 yards he's averaging 22. feet which is you know seven feet better than tour average so gonna be giving him um self a lot better birdie looks than most guys you know the way he's hitting it he could have stevie wonder putt for him this week and still finish top 20 with ease so i absolutely love all of these tickets adam svenson top 20 plus 600 tom hoagie top 20 plus 330 ricky fowler top 20 plus 450 and sam burns
0: top 10 plus 350. I love it. Love getting back on Spin Dog this week. Unbelievable ball striker. I could care less about the putting going into Bay Hill. Um, I completely back that pick. that great work. Um, and those and those were found on DraftKings for people for people looking onto uh, the dark horses. My first one is going to be Paul Barjon, top forty, plus at plus three fifty, who is five hundred to one to win, and is coming off three straight missed cuts. But Barjon is a guy who absolutely you know hits it a mile. His driving numbers have. Still been good through his string of missed cuts. You know, the putter has held him back a bit over this season, but I really think Bay Hill sets up well for him. I'm going to go Paul Barjon top 40 at plus 350. And um, another one that will be in that dark horse option is going to be Matthew Fitzpatrick, top European at plus 380 on FanDuel. Um, you know, I, I think this is a ticket you have to at least sprinkle. Um, you know, if Fitzpatrick does bring it, he was highly anticipated going to, to, into the Genesis um, as someone who um, could have possibly won that tournament, uh, didn't get injured, was just sick. So I think Matthew Fitzpatrick, top European, at plus 380 on FanDuel is an excellent dark horse. So my, my two dark horses are going to be Paul Barjon, top 40, plus 350 on uh, DraftKings, and Matthew Ooh. Fitzpatrick, top European, at plus 380 on FanDuel. Love it, love it.
1: And moving into my dark horse, I'm taking a guy by the name of Brandon Grace, Top 40 plus 200, top 20 plus 600, and he's also 250 to 1. Now, um, 251 might seem like a long shot. It certainly is. Of the guys kind of in that range, at least this guy wins occasionally. You know, he has a win at Harbor Town. He has a win at the Puerto Rico Open a year ago to the day. Um, you know, going to have some good vibes kind of coming into this week. Definitely not coming in with too much form. It's the dark horse pick for a reason, right? Uh, Definitely one of the best win players in the field. If we kind of get those weekend 15-plus mile-an-hour gusts that we're expecting, he's definitely a guy who can go out there and play well. Uh, His win last year came at the Puerto Rico Open, like we talked about, uh, was very high wins, not surprising. Another thing is his calling card is playing, you know, playing tough golf courses really well. You know, he does jump up in majors. He had a top 10 at the U.S. Open last year, finished fourth at the Memorial, which is one of the uh, one of the course comps they have this week, just in terms of the fact that it tests every single part of their game. So I don't think it's crazy for Brandon Grace to, to jump up here, maybe have a top 40 or a top 20. Uh, has some form in the last kind of six months, seventh place finish at the Zozo, uh, finished you know, finished runner up at the Wyndham in the last couple, you know, last six months here. Finished tied 26th at this event last year with not when he wasn't really bringing uh much form in. So, Brandon Grace, top 40 plus 200, top 20 plus 600. Um, absolutely love that for my dark horse.
0: And on to our picks to win for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. I've uh, I've discussed all three of my winners so. Uh, here we go. Mark Leishman, 28 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Jason Day, 66 to 1 on Points Bet. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, 30 to 1 on Bet 365.
1: For me, my picks to win, I kind of went over them earlier. Hideki Matsuyama, 25 to 1. Seven for seven cuts made here with three top 25s, but he's never came in to this event uh, with putting the way he has, uh, in terms of not terrible. Uh, so I think that can be, I, I think that can be great for him this week. Another guy wills out 25 to one would be the storybook, uh, storybook ending or start, I guess, to his career winning this as a, you know, former Wake Forest deacon. Uh, my next guy, uh, Mark Leishman 28 to one is another guy I'm looking at, uh, going to see if I can find a number on him. I don't want to, uh, you know, bet on too many guys in that same kind of area. Uh, you know, see if you can see that in that, you know, 30 to one range. And then my favorite pick just based on the number is Sam Burns, 50 to one. This is a guy who we normally see in the Scheffler range. I guess for this week, it would be in that Zala range, 25 to one, 30 to one. We're getting that 50 to one, uh, you know, he's made three or four cuts here. At some point, he's going to get back on track. I think he does it this week, especially with those Bermuda greens. So Sam Burns, 50-1, to one, is another is another winner I absolutely love. I wouldn't be surprised. He's going to be defending Innisbrook uh, in a couple weeks here. Obviously, he has good vibes in Florida. Putts well out here. So for my picks to win, Hideki, Will Zalatoris, Sam Burns. And I'm still kind of debating on that Leashman one. Uh, see if you can find a number on him.
0: Yeah, and onto our lineups. And Led tied it up last week, so it's four to four on the season. And my that, my lineup that, yeah, guys, that was a
1: pill, that was a pillow fight to say the least. It was,
0: uh, yeah, I, I think I had you know three guys, three four guys missed the cut, and ultimately Sven Dog uh, Adam Svenson uh, got the win for lead for sure. Yeah,
1: you know that's gonna happen out there. We thought it was gonna be a tough week, and was it
0: ever. <laughs> And on to my lineup for this week, as I will look to take a uh, one-tournament lead on lead as far as our lineups are concerned. I'm going to go Rory McIlroy, Mark Leishman, Jason Day, Christian Christian Bazudenhout, who's been an absolute weapon as far as lineups are concerned, Aaron Rye, and Paul Barjon. led for this week. Love
1: that. And for my DraftKings lineup, I'm going to be taking Hideki Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris, Sam Burns, Gary Woodland, Ricky Fowler, and Adam Spenson. Just going straight pretty. You know, I'm I'm very happy with my lineup. And, you know, adding Woodland in there, he has been playing well as of late, absolute bomber, as we know. Uh yeah, I gotta even that, I gotta even that series up.
0: And on to our degenerate pick of the week uh for the for the Arnold Palmer. Uh, we're gonna do one for the Puerto Rico Open as well. Uh, yeah, any
1: any bet, any bet in the opposite
0: field a field event. Uh, we're just going, we're just going to be labeled to 10 bet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So mine for the AP Invitational is going to be Aaron Rye, top 20 at plus 600 on DraftKings Sportsbook and taking a shot at a guy who has made uh, his last three cuts, but just hasn't performed well on the weekend. Aaron Rye, a guy who hits it a mile, really seems to be trending with the iron play over the last few weeks. He put together a stretch of three top 20s in a row to end the fall season on that Bermuda and Mayakoba in Houston Let's see if he can do uh, the same thing as we work into the meat of this Florida swing. So, my degenerate pick for the Arnold Palmer is going to be Aaron Rye, top 20 at plus 600 on DraftKings Sportsbook. My degenerate pick of the week for the Puerto Rico Open is going to be Monday qualifier Patrick Flavin, top 10 at plus 550 on DraftKings. He just Monday qualified for his second event of the PGA Tour season, tied most uh for players that have uh gotten into a pga tour event through monday qualifying this season uh he finished set t 17th at that first event that he qualified for at the butterfield bermuda championship where i hit a top 20 ticket on him so he will look to increase his status on the pga tour this week i love uh patrick flavin top 10 plus 550 on DraftKings for the puerto rico open love that
1: love that and for mine uh I am going with rafa Cabrera, Cabrera Bayo top 10 plus 300 this is a big week for that, that's rafa. for Puerto,
0: that's for Puerto Rico right led
1: that's for Puerto Rico he is not in the uh, this bit of a wake up call he is not in the API for the first time in a while uh you know even going back to last year he was playing corn fairy Q- corn fairy final stage kind of stuff and uh, you know definitely has lost the plot a little bit with his game um But not really. So when you look at this field, this field is shocking. I saw some tweet that said the Monday for this event was like technically almost better ranked than the event in general, uh, which I thought was funny. I think it's an off week for Corn Fairy, so that was kind of the reasoning behind that. Um, But we got to find a way to kind of obviously make these fields as good as they can. Like the Honda, that just just cannot happen. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. But uh, the field's awful at the, at Puerto Rico open. Okay. So you have a guy like Rafa Cabrera Bayo, who's definitely uh, head and shoulders above the rest. He's, you know, you're going down the list of names and there are some that you're like, who blast, is
0: that boss bl- from the past?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so when you get on the field for sure, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, his name definitely jumps out there. Another one that jumps out, Smiley Kaufman. So that kind of mm. is indicative of what this field is really looking like. Sorry, Smiley. Uh, but
0: Smiley shot thing. seventy-eight at the uh, at the Honda Monday. I'm scared of him.
1: Yes. Yeah. Smiley, that would be the all-time to gen generate yeah, that. Um, but you know, I was looking through uh, Rafa's RCB stats <laughs> the the last couple years, and you know, not much to speak of on the PJ tour, but actually had a decent year last year on the european tour he had a win at the open date espana so he i mean he won that that was uh less than six months ago he already has a runner up on the dp world tour in january so actually coming in with a decent amount of form even though you click on you know you you research Rafa barbeo and it says no pj tour events in the last kind of you know uh six months or so he's Shocking. actually has been playing well so when you look at this field i just feel like this is like zion playing with a bunch of jv kids like he shouldn't really be here but while he's here he might as well just like dunk on some kids and i think that's what he's going to be able to do i mean top 10 plus 300 wow i mean when you look at even you know let's i know we're going to a different golf tournament when you think of like a Rory who's 110 for a top 10 against that kind of field i would definitely rafa's better relative to the field and Rory is better to the field and you're getting at plus 300. So absolutely love that. So for my uh, degenerate bet, it's Rafa Cabrera, Cabrera, Bayo, top 10 plus 300.
0: And uh, let a degenerate pick of the week for the Arnold Palmer. Or, or is that, that's your, that's your, that's my degenerate pick of the week.
1: I just, uh, I love all my picks. I didn't even want to label one as degenerate for Arnold Palmer.
0: Balls to the wall with Cabrera-Belo on, on, on Puerto Rico for Led's is your the week. I love it. Let's move into our winning score. Finally got the best of lead uh, for the Honda Classic, as I guessed. uh is 10 under win on the number lead. We talked about at the beginning some, some gusts uh, in the forecast out there in Orlando over the weekend. Um, you know, what do you think as far as winning scores concerned this week at the Arnold Palmer? So...
1: You know, we're starting to – kind of freaked out with these scoring predictions, right? The first week of the year we had, you know, uh, Cameron Smith shoot 50 under and we're like, oh, my God, roll back the ball, roll back the equipment. (laughs) Uh, The courses are starting to hold their own getting into this stretch. Uh, You know, the average winning score the last couple years being 11 under. um, I just think these guys are so good now. You know, you look at a guy like Daniel Berger who was – granted, did not win, right – but through three rounds could get up five shots on a, on these guys. So um, I, I, anyways, coming full circle here, I'm going with 13 under par. I know it is supposed to be a little bit windier, but when you guys, when you have these guys like a Rory or a Hovland or a, uh, you know, these bombers, if they get it on a roll with these drivers, with their driver, it doesn't matter what the course is. They're going to go pretty low. So I could see them kind of getting into the lower teens here. So for my score prediction, I'm going with 13 under par at Bay Hill. Will, are you going to, you're going to just stab me in the back with that little 12 under and catch everything under that?
0: No, I'm not. No, no. That's what you did last week, buddy. No, I'm going to go, with, I'm going to go with 10 under lead. I think okay. the leaders get to five or six by Friday. Um, and then kind of get held up over the weekend if the gusts hold up i'm kind of you know i'm you know i'm i'm weary about taking the gusts over the weekend into consideration i don't know how much 10 to 15 miles per hour affects these tour players but in the case that the gust gets up to you know 20 25 i'm gonna go with 10 under for the winning pick for the winning score this week um at bay hill led let's get into um our best bets uh for sure for the week, um, I'm going to take Mark Leishman top 20 at plus 130. Like I said, I feel like he is the most consistent player on tour without a win um, this year, uh, as far as this year is concerned. Um, and, and I absolutely love that pick this week. So my, my best bet for this week is going to be Mark Leishman top 20 plus 130 on DraftKings. That's so funny.
1: So for my best bet, I'm going to be taking Mark Leishman <laughs> top 10. Plus two fifty. Uh, when Mark Leishman has played well, he's been able to kind of really be around the lead. I think there's enough value there in the of him having a, a good week to you know take that top ten versus top twenty number. But I've, I'm not against either of them. Uh, you know, former champion, four top twenties in his last five starts. When Mark Leishman is playing well, coming to Bay Hill, he plays well at Bay Hill. So I'm just gonna you know keep it pretty simple here. Uh, he's picked up strokes, T to green, seven of his last eight events. Picked up strokes, putting, six of his last eight. My best bet is Mark Leishman, top ten, plus two fifty. We'll absolutely love that we're on the same page this week with most of our
0: picks. Yeah, we we have a lot of good looks this week. I'm, you know, this is the most comfortable I've felt with my picks probably uh, since that Scheffler uh, winning ticket hit at the Waste Management. So. Um, you know, I'm feeling good. We're on the same page with a lot of things. Besides Hideki, uh, we'll see how that one, well, how that one rolls out. We will see. We will
1: see. But uh, well, I just saw on Twitter here we have uh, Dylan Vertelli hitting balls uh, in Arnold Palmer's spot on the end of the range.
0: You're <laughs> kidding me. That's like no. going that's like going in Ben Hogan's locker at Shady at Shady Oaks in Fort I mean, Worth that hasn't been touched in like 17 he, years. He better be hitting off a tear. That's like vandalizing. I'd
1: I'd get the cops out there. Jeez. Supposedly he's done this now in back-to-back years. I don't know how he finished last year. We'll look at it, but that's enough to potentially look at a uh, a miscut ticket for uh, for Mr. Fratelli. Arnold Palmer's ghost coming after him.
0: No kidding. I, I if, if I'm tournament chairman, I'm calling Matt Every and say, hey, listen, we'll give you your spot back. Dylan, get out of here. You're going to Puerto Rico. That's, just, that's how that. golf works. That'd be great. One-way ticket. <laughs> that's it. Well, hey, that'll do it here on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Arnold Palmer. Invitational week. Before you leave, make sure you go follow me on Twitter, at Doctor Media 59 and on Instagram, at Doctor one You can follow Led on Twitter at James better on Instagram, at James Lead. Uh, Led, great work today, and best luck with everyone with their picks.
1: Have a great week, bud.